how do you know you're not enlightened? I keep on going this, going over this with, with myself, like just contemplating constantly, not even thinking about it like, oh, I want to be, I want to be, but how do I know I'm not already? Because a lot of uh, Indian mystics like Sri Rona Maharshi or even uh, Nisargadatta Maharaj, who's this amazing, he has this book called I Am That, which is uh, this, it's like a classical, uh, it's called uh, uh, Tatuamasi, like I Am That, like you literally are everything. And so in this book, um, he's having kind of a conversation back and forth between like himself and I think he's playing the role also of he's like talking to himself in this book in a conversation. So I'd be curious to see what the actual text looks like. But um, he's he's talking to his students maybe yeah I guess his students because they're talking to him like well you know I'm coming here to prostrate in front of you you're the guru and he's like I'm I'm no different than you and I'm not better than you why are you coming to me we're both you know we're both the same and I think that that's kind of the the, the question that it raises is how how can we possibly be the same how can we how can I be enlightened and you be enlightened but clearly you you live on this plane of consciousness. And that is, I think, the biggest thing is these sages who have learned through their guru and learned through their um, quietness of their heart and their minds, they've found something. And I think that it resonates with me so deeply. And that's I think that's the part that gets me is I feel what maharaj feels when he's talking in his book and i'm listening to this amazing first of all drop everything go to youtube and find medicine of one he is a, a narrator he does uh narrations of books he also has books of his own um, but medicine of one has this amazing voice perfect for reading this type of text and it's so pointed and um yeah really great delivery but the idea that um, enlightenment is something that you attain is um, is interesting because the the more that you drop the mind, right? Because it's not something you buy. It's not something you um, pick up from the store when you're coming home from work. It is something that you've... It is not something you know in the sense of like um, learn and intellectually I think it's more of an intuitive process of understanding the world around you is not just around you but it is within you everything is conceptually associated with you even your world um, people come and go out of it right so if you've never met my friend David you don't know David so David's not a part of your world until he comes into existence and, you know, there he is. But in the real world, in reality, he's always here, just like you're always here and I'm always here, even, you know, beyond form, if you want to go that far. So it's a really interesting thing to examine the limitations of the mindscape that we create with our, our mental processes to say, well, this is not who
who I am, or this is not, this is who you are, and it's all mental there. So going back to the enlightenment bit, if you are an enlightened being, you wouldn't say it, right? But on that same token, who's to say that anyone is or is not enlightened? Everyone is enlightened by nature. I think that the clouding of the mind and the clouding of the perceptions based on opinion, right? Mind-created opinion, your past, living in that past life, that's what makes a human a human. But I think when you... And it's not to say that being a human's bad. It's fine. It's okay. But there's this deeper kind of understanding of the reality of the world or the reality of nature, the nature of being. It's it's denser than that, right? It's deeper than that, much deeper than I could ever explain in words because what is described is beyond description. What is being captured is uncapturable. It's the Tao. It's the... Um, I don't know, becoming the Buddha. It's Christ consciousness. It is knowing that all things are there and you don't know anything, like nothing in nature. And as soon as you try to point a finger and say that, you've lost it. You've lost what it is to be conscious because I think that there's consciousness and there's using your brain, right? There's a intellectualization of something and the reality is that our our nature is beyond intellectual understanding we want to i think as as humans the way that we're built as a species we we have the ability to rationally think of things but the truth is that what we love and what we experience in our day-to-day lives that we call things that we love are, you know, we don't love a dog because it's a dog. It might be cute, right? Physically, we see it and we're like, oh, what a cute dog. Evie, classic example. Puppies, classic example. Kittens, whatever. Name it. It's form, And the only reason that you have any connection to it is because you gave it a name and you decided that you were going to look out for that thing. And that's kind of like, again, that closed world paradox where you close your mind to the rest of the world to experience something closer to you, but you forget the rest of the world is still existing alongside your individual life. So... I think that's an interesting thing. And a lot of what Maharaj is saying in his book is that, is that you, your con, I said it in a, in a podcast. We have, we literally have it all. It's all here all the time. Um, But we close our minds and our hearts and our, um, and I say minds, but I don't mean the thinking mind. I think we close our perceptions to, the rest of the world to protect ourselves from pain and, and confusion because there's just such a limited perceptual framework that we can establish around us. And so we must, as um, knowing human beings, uh, we must limit that. 
But at the same time, when I, similar to, I guess, I don't want to say I'm Maharaj, Nisargadatta Maharaj, I'm not, I'm not him, but, you know, the, that man, but I, I really, it really does deeply resonate with me. I wish I could play some of it, but I, I want to respect um, the recording that's already been made and, um, and that, that book. I'm going to buy it just so I can have it because it's that good. I would flip through it more than I do, you know, the Bhagavad Gita or, or something else, the the Tao. I think it's it's very entrancing and it speaks to me in a way that it's it's very deep and the knowledge is vast and I think it says nothing but says everything. Very wild. But enlightenment, is it, do you have it? Is it, is it already something you've attained yeah, you've already got it. I've already got it. I think that there's no question about it. The more that I the more that I sit with it and the more that I sit in silence or sit with the world. I don't even have to you know be secluded in some cave or, you know, hit up in my room. I find the most peace sitting outside, you know, on my Adirondack chair watching the world go by. It's all here. It's all around us all the time. And every life form is interconnected with the rest of the world, with me. You know, I'm a byproduct of the nature that is existing within this space. Physically, consciously, you're enlightened. I'm enlightened. We just have to recognize. 